everyone. Another week of Taurus Talk here at Taurus, powered by Ferguson. I'm your host, Matt LePan, and we are continuing our discussion on state water heaters this week. Such a great conversation to start the month off last week. Again, we're going through the whole month of February with our good friend, Chris Gould from URL. Chris, folks loved our discussions last week. We're here to talk more state water heaters and continue to educate our new customer base here on state water heaters. And get them up to speed. And today we have a really exciting one, but first welcome back. It's great to have you again. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Uh, as always excited to talk about our topic today as we start to dig a little deeper into product now too. A huge help. We already know that just from our partnership and from the first set of podcasts, but today, as Chris said, we're getting into product. We are going through the full product line breakdown of everything that we're bringing in here at SG Taurus and stuff you can find at Ferguson as well. If you're buying from the other Ferguson branches, you can find all this equipment there as well. But we're going through this breakdown of the product line. So as we said last week, might be a little bit longer of a podcast today. So buckle in. We always want to give you the best information in the shortest amount of time. But today we want to make sure we give you all the information you need so that you can have more of an informed selection process when you're making your choice here on water heaters. Now, Chris, we have a huge selection of different water heaters here at SG Taurus, the state water heaters. Just so, you know, kind of breaking down from the start, we have a commercial set of water heaters. Then we have both gas and propane, tankless and electric water heaters. I think we'll start today with our gas water heaters. What's in the product line and what do folks need to know about the product line? Well, you know, in terms of we're hitting the highlights of an overview and, you know, to hit gas specifically, again, we're trying to be mindful of this is a quick decision. So is this an upgrade decision? Is this a, a, we want a longer warranty? We want a higher efficiency. Everything's on the fly. So we try to, to break it down as easily as possible um, in the way we did that is in my mind, I, I keep it in the good, better, best effect. So we have what's called ProLine, ProLine Master and ProLine XE. So keeping that effect of good, better, best, the way it kind of goes, you know, and we, we veer a little bit with different product applications, but it's a six year product, eight year product, both upgradable two years. So six to eight, eight to 10, or our six to 10, which is our ProLine XE category, that's where we're higher efficiency, digitally controlled, Energy Star qualified, uh, rebatable type product. So that's kind of like the higher echelon of our, of our uh, product offering. Yeah, it's so, like for the, for the HVAC folks, you know, that's your variable speed communicating, your XV20s for train, your, your Platinums for American Standard, stuff like that. When you get into the ProLine XE, that's what we're talking about there, just to kind of relate Correct. it back to the things that you know. And you got you got to break it down. So, you know, it, it all comes back to somewhat technicalities. So ProLine, the, the good and best in the gas world, that's going to be predominantly your non-condensing. Okay, so we're not talking above 82% efficiency where we, we could still vent with PVC pipe or 1736 or whatever it might be. We, we accept all venting. We're going to do a, a podcast on that in itself. But the reality is, is that it's a little bit lower on the efficiency side. You get into our ProLine XE, you know, still has the same offerings as our, our better, so our ProLine Master, 
but it has 96 plus compatibility. It's fully digitally controlled, has some Wi-Fi compatibility. We're getting into the higher end product. We get out of tank product and into tankless, things of, of that nature. So we're, we're, we're breaking it out in, into three categories to kind of help, again, the contractor relay to the customer, where do we want to go on this scale? You know, you're at this level right now, atmospheric pro line, you really don't have the atmospheric air in the basement for combustion. So we should get you into the ProLine Master or ProLine XE because of application. You know, because the hard thing is we want to get a better warranty and higher efficiency, but also now that the plumber has to make on the fly a decision on whether or not that's applicable, if we can actually apply that and is it feasible in a quick fashion too. You know, everything's within reasonability. So we break it out in, in three levels to keep it simple. We went over a lot of the, the guts of these products last week in our Taurus Tech Talk, where we talked about all the, the differences of, of what makes state, a state water heater a state water heater. But when you get into the actual kind of the good, better, best, what are the little upgrades, kind of the step up, right? In the, obviously the efficiency is one of them, but what are some of the features outside just the digital control? Like when you get into that ProLine XE on a gas tank that really make it stand above the rest? And how can someone who's going to start selling this sell that top of the line, kind of the, the ProLine XE, that real high-end one to customers that are going to be out there? Good question. So with regards to that, that it very much revolves around, for starters, efficiency, like you said. So we're going into condensing. We're going to go from an EF, which we don't really talk about anymore. So an efficiency rating of 8.82, which is 82% efficient. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to go to 96% plus. Um, 96 plus is our premier power event. Our premier power event is really still unique in itself in the market. There's really, there isn't anything like it in terms of its helical coil design, how it exchanges heat through the helical coil into the water, a lot of times I describe it as really it's an upside down tankless dipped into a tank mm-hmm. in a lot of effects, yep. um, but perfected science wise, you know, to work. The crazy thing is it's made in the same, the shell is made in our, our commercial factory because it's the same design as our commercial water heaters. So when you're buying our premier power vent, you're really buying one of our baby commercial water heaters stem to stern in terms of its design and how it functions to the point where it's the same materials are used. So you're jumping to that level in gas. So, you know, when we're talking ProLine XE, we're talking much higher end product in terms of efficiency, uh, certainly technology and function and control. Um, Yes, it costs more, but you know, when you break it down, this isn't product that we're using for a year or two. We're looking to use this for six years, 10 years plus at real, you know, also when you're buying this equipment, you're usually leery of the fact that you use a lot of hot water too. Yep. It kind of goes hand in hand of, you know, why would you want higher efficiency product? Really the reality is, is yes, to, to curb the cost of the utility, but that's probably because you use a lot of hot water also. You know, you're not as worried about something that's a, a small utility bill for just the reason of it being small. Um, but when it, it hits your wallet, you have a vested interest to upgrade. Yeah, you're not putting a ProLine XE in, a, you know, a 1,500 square foot home with one full bath where there's two people living there. 
that's just you're over, you're oversized. Like me, I would in my houses, but <laughs> well, very very true. But in general, you're not selling it that you way. You had the choice. You would. I and do. that good, better, best offering again. We say it's good, better, best, but all of these are better. These state water heaters are better, and we went through it last week. Now we talked about the venting, whether it's power or atmospheric and all that. Again, you're hearing these words, and you might not be familiar with them. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to get real deep into the you know, the science behind venting and you'll learn everything you need to know there. Just keep those in mind while you're listening through here. Chris, one thing I want to make sure we, we touch on here is all of the gas tank water heaters are available in both natural gas and LP propane, correct? Correct. The way we do it with our tanks is they're made that way. So they're either LPA from the factory or they're natural gas from the factory. Are they subtle changes? Yes, on most of them. Why we don't want field convertibility is we just, we saw, you know, in years past when we've dabbled with that, there's just too many issues in the field that we'd rather, for lack of better words, torture, you know, the wholesaler on the the inventory side to make sure that, that, you know, the end user, the end installer is getting a product that's set up for them just to plumb. They have, all they have to worry about is plumbing it, not, not, uh, you know, changing orifices or venturis or whatnot in the field. Tankless, a little bit of a different story, but we're all kind of in the same boat there. Mm-hmm. All of our tankless are field convertible. So When we look at these as well, and this is going to kind of be more of a universal thing, but there are different tank capacities and different tank sizes for different mm-hmm. places in the home as well. Yeah. What are the different capacities that we have in the, the gas realm? And, what went into the decision on the tank sizes? You know, you have the tall, the short, and the low boy. What went into those? So, you know, when people ask that, uh, what drove that is obviously the size of uh, bedrooms and in, in, in bathrooms. Um, so we have, over the years, ASHRAE has developed algorithms or formulas for us to kind of use as a baseline to size tanks. And that in itself inherently kind of designed the gallonages that became standard in the industry. Mm-hmm. We all have, and we all tout kind of the same line where we have, you know, 40s, 50s, 75s, 120s, on and on from there. And the reason being is, is it was delegated by family size and dwelling size, primarily for that effect. The other part of it is as technology has kind of grown over the years or per- perfected itself on the efficiency side, what we've led, you know, moved more towards uh, society-wise is is to a lower water mass type product. So you know, nowadays there's there's actually a, a two side of the coin. Now you have people that look at at tanks as being kind of energy hogs uh, for the reason of having thermal loss. You know, and that's it's really not true. What we've gone through new government con- you know conformities over the last couple of years with the EPA and Energy Star is these are really I always explain them as really well insulated Yeti type coolers, mm-hmm. you know, in, in effect. They're, all of our ratings in general are only a half degree loss per hour across the line. So that would go good, better, or best. They all kind of tout that same uh, thermal loss hourly wise. They're all right around half, half a degree per hour. But really what delegated it was, was our recovery capability in gas. Uh, we have higher recovery capability. You know, when we talk... 45,000, 50,000 BTU, 75,000, 
versus you know water heaters 4500 watt element water heaters that are really like 7000 watt BTUs or 7000 BTUs there's a huge difference the gas you're able to kind of more size on recovery capacity per hour so gallonage you'll see predominantly in in gas you'll downsize slightly because its recovery capacity is higher hourly it's a fine line you know you really have to ask those questions of the installs that we see out there that you don't do yourself the justice of, you know, how do you use your house? Do you, does someone, uh, did you buy a walk-in bath that no one knows about upstairs that the fill is 80 gallons and didn't tell anyone and you've had a 40-gallon atmospheric gas downstairs, it barely fills it and you have to wait two hours after to get hot water again? That's an important thing to tell us. We know you, we need to get you out of the good, get you into a better unit with a higher mm-hmm. recovery. So asking those questions too on the fly is just as important as qualifying just what's in the basement. Um, and that's your opportunity to, you know, to upsell and give them what they actually want. So a lot of people won't say they, they think they have to live with the amount of hot water that house provides. We could give you more hot water than you could ever need. So, you know, it's just a matter of asking the questions to, to satisfy them. And we'll get into the application more or yeah. less further. We talked about the state water heater app last week. Download that and all those questions that Chris just brought up, right? We haven't we haven't really schooled you on how to sell these yet. We're going to get into that in, in a future podcast, but go into that app and all of a sudden, all those questions are right in front of you. So you can start selling these as you go and, and you know what questions to ask because they're right there and you can find out again, wow, this this family has been living with kind of a, a lower water, hot water supply than they've really needed. Like they're, they're all taking cold showers because they have the wrong water heater in their house, the wrong application grown to live with. I can only have uh, two showers in the morning mm-hmm. and the other two people of the home take two at night. That Those days are gone. You don't, you don't need to live like that. And you're not robbing yourself of efficiency or cost, you know, by upgrading that way. Sure. It's a little bit higher of an initial cost, but we're going to curb that with higher efficiency in a lot of ways. So it's living comfortably is the other goal, really. Yeah, you're, you're comfortable. It's efficient. High recovery rate. Both the natural gas and the LP are terrific options. Again, they come that way from the factory. Check them out on our website. You can get all this information right there or on the State Water Heater website as well. So I think we've covered gas pretty well. Moving on to the electric tank end of the state water heater supply. Now there are a couple couple different levels here. Currently we have the pro lines. So let's, let's touch on those. And like you said, this is a hot topic. Electric, electric tank water heaters are a lot of people talking about them right now. So what are kind of the, the main features you want to point out on these? So main features are, you know, whole different ball game with electric mm-hmm. uh obviously you know we're even getting and i never saw i thought i'd see the day of you know conversion requests I, i'm i'm ditching my lp or i'm i'm ditching my natural gas and i want to switch to zero carbon footprint i just want to use electricity okay you know that that's where the questions are going to really come into play of we need to be a little cognitive of your cost yep. you know could increase if we don't select appropriately. So 
Um, we kept with the same kind of effect here too, just to keep things synonymous. Good, better, best. So in electric, we also have Proline, Proline Master, and Proline XE. Again, those kind of good, better, best based off of six, eight, ten year more specifically. So this goes more six, eight, ten, and six and eight are six, eight, and ten are both two year upgradable too. So you know we can upgrade those slightly also. the The big difference between it is you're going from your standard everyday Proline electrics, you know, and and are these really any much different than say the Proline Master in terms of actual function? No, not really. Okay, it's mainly warranty in in this uh, in this instance. Yep. So a forty five hundred watt element is a forty five watt under element in whichever it might be. Um, but what we're doing nowadays in these two lines is looking at more specifically, you know, what's the recovery you need because we have to size base off of bulk storage, and do we need to put different size elements in it? A lot of people come in and you know whether it's a pro line, so it's a pro line. There, there's a rating and there's a range, 3,500 to 5,500 watts. Usually, we our standard in the industry is 4,500 watt. Yep. But you, you, you've got a little wiggle room there that you that you also and people are kind of afraid of that always. Um, you know, it's I always when I'm doing electric conversion trainings for commercial tanks, it's lefty loosey, righty tighty. All you're doing is putting a different element in there. Yep. That's the engine for for creating hot water. Um, plumbers get really a you know kind of turned off from that. You got to be careful of also knowing and being cognitive of your voltages with all things electric. Yes. So we can we can run the gamut up here in the Northeast, 208 up to 240 and anywhere in between, you're getting more amp draw, you know, off of 208, but you're not getting the wattage that you need. It's a single lane highway, not a two lane highway. So, you know, when we're talking 4,500 watt element, okay, are we in a 208 volt house though? You know, where we're not going to get as many BTUs as we would out of 220 or 240 or wherever your line voltage is actually landing based on your transformer out at the street. Mm -hmm. So with regards to ProLine, you know, ProLine is, for all intents of matters, pretty close to the same to ProLine Master. It's a difference in the warranty, which, you know, we, we like to make sure that people know warranty, that our product is actually different. We've got larger anodes in electrics to make sure that it's going to last longer. A lot of our ProLine XEs now are also coming out available, uh, smart grid enabled and uh, digitally controlled. So what gives us a little bit more of that edge efficiency wise, gets us into the UEFs of low uh, 0.91s, 0.92s. That's hard to do with element water heaters. How can you do that is by controlling it a little more accurately. Mm -hmm. So what we've gone to is, is thermistor controls. So what we found is rather than using upper and lower thermostats, we could actually start using thermistors, which are much more accurate. They actually ended up costing less, but they need to be integrated into digital controls to read correctly. We need a board and now we need, you know, power and a display and, and, and have inputs set on it. But that's a jump that you can make. ProLine XE, you know, when we're talking ProLine XE, predominantly now we're talking heat pump systems. Yep. So heat pumps is kind of predominantly taken over this category. Heat pumps, we're going to spend a lot of time in that in the next couple of weeks. But that's the heavy market product right now, and it's driven by rebates, both federally and statewide. So your, your local authority, energy authorities, MassSave, the 
uh, efficiency mains, New Hampshire saves, efficiency Vermont, CT Energize, Rhode Island saves, all of those are really what are making this market move for heat pumps. There's substantial rebates now. So that technology, uh, again, we'll talk a lot about it. I want you know spill the beans on that, but that's really where everything should go. Uh, we're getting a lot of people fighting back on that per se, just for the simple reason sometimes of, you know, we don't like to learn the new and don't accept the new being maybe the new new norm per se. Um, took me a while. We're 10 years in on the product now and um, I'm two feet in. So Before we go too far into the, the heat pump water heater under the world, back yeah. on your, your kind of standard electrics, if you will. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the heating elements. Yep. Those are dual 4,500 watt heating elements for the recovery rate. And those are stainless lower elements, correct? Unlike some of the so, competition that goes with a, a copper. Well, so on Proline, um, we'll have a, uh, a stainless upper and we'll have a, a copper alloy lower. On Proline Master, that is a good uh, you know thing to bring up. That's what sets it a little bit different is upper and lower both stainless. Great. Okay. So, and a lot of people always, this is a, a, you know, quick fun fact. People always forget this too, is how they work. I constantly get this. I I had a wholesaler yesterday. He's been there. (laughs) I think he's been a branch manager for 30 years. He's like, don't tell anyone that I didn't know that. He's asking me, you know, why is the, the amperage draw what it is? Because we have two elements. So, you know, he knew enough to take the standard wattage, 4,500 watts, divided by what they have for voltage. He says, well, that's getting close. You know, you're almost two thirds of the way there to 30 amps. I'm like, well, they don't, they alternate. So all of our electrics come standard wire, wiring wise to alternate. And the way it goes is the upper element where the warmer water should be is always first. As soon as that satisfies, it goes down to the bottom because we're gonna go where the cold water is entering and that'll be our last point to warm up. So we always want to keep the top of the tank warm first. So we satisfy that middle element that's halfway up, and then we get we kick down to the bottom. But you know, in terms of difference, there's a difference there with elements. Dual stainless on the Proline Master, and uh, stainless on the upper on the Proline. The reason being is the upper is used almost 80-20, mm-hmm. believe it or not, in terms of activation. So we've gone through that, and we we just started to scratch that surface on heat pump water heaters. This is the one where there's there's a lot of difference, and you're going to get a lot more questions from folks because there's a lot of different features on these, and it's even if you've sold water heaters before, these are going to be different than what you've sold in the past. These these Proline XEs, the heat pump water heaters, are phenomenal. Just a terrific product, and like Chris said, it's rebate-driven. Everyone out there listening knows on the HVAC side, right? This is kind of what we're used to. Heat pumps and ductless heat pumps and mini splits. Everyone's going to it, the electrification and the rebates. So we kind of scratched the surface, but went back to the traditional electric for a second there, but let, let's dive in both feet. Like you said. All right. So, you know, with heat pumps, first and foremost, why do we call them hybrids? And this is important. People kind of skip over this. They just think it's uh, a, a wording for heat pump water heat, heaters. Hybrids means just like a Toyota Prius. They have not only a combustion engine, but battery backup. 
we're kind of in that same effect. We're, we're a hybrid. We have a compressor that we want to do the primary heating, but for backup under duress, we have elements. Mm-hmm. What does that do for us is, especially, you know, up here in the Northeast, which we're more than rated for it, uh, the compressors, they don't perform at as high of a BTU output under certain conditions. And people, you know, and I love talking to HVAC-minded people, which is your company, they understand this more. Mm-hmm. Is it's not only the ambient air that's really less important than the transfer to get the transfer across the coil is humidity. Mm-hmm. So constantly in the plumbing world, I'm, I'm, I'm being told, you know, my room is 65 degrees. It, it, okay, but I know in my basement right now, I looked at my barometer earlier, I'm still at 12% humidity. Right, That's your RH really, is way off. really dry. So, you know, heat transfer across the coil can get really difficult when you get to that low of a humidity level. What's nice about having a hybrid, not having just a heat pump water heater, is I have elements as backup for that scenario. Or under high duress, high bulk draws that are unusual, I have that as backup to come to recover at a higher rate under duress. So um, hybrid is the first and foremost thing I like people to, to recognize. Secondly, you know, is in terms of, you know, we have a good and a best. We've, we've opted to maximize kind of our inventory and cost, uh, you know, prohibitive. Uh, we've gone with just the best in the Northeast now. Um, the reason being is that it's a little bit more efficient. It's, it performs slightly better in these colder conditions, and it has a lot more bells and whistles for under 120 bucks list more. You can't beat it. You can't go out to dinner for, half, for a fifth of the functions that we're getting out of our best model now. We're really kind of leading the way with that, that product line now. You know, shoot me state for saying that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But we're leading kind of on that just for the simple reason of we're still in a learning curve here, too, that it, it um, we don't want to over confuse the, the decision process. You know, so, OK, which model hybrid? I'm already deciding to go from uh, natural gas atmospheric to all things electric now. And I'm going this hybrid and I need condensate pumps and I'm talking about moving air and space. And now it's getting a little overwhelming. I'm just going to go back to what I had. You know, you don't want to scare people out of the technology is the other thing. So we've, we've opted to what our, it was called our AL series. Um, in terms of uh, heat pump water heaters, it's amazing the fallacies I've heard from actual factory reps of heat pump water heaters out there. Um, bigger is better. No matter what anyone says, bigger yeah. is better. Storage is your friend. So the way this was taught to me a while ago, and I thought it was brilliant, is in layman's terms, explain it to a homeowner this way is a heat pump water heater is basically a rechargeable battery. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's a great so analogy. We, we want to charge the energy, which is the hot water of the tank, to its highest rating or its highest temperature using just the compressor. And for simple words, our compressor you could utilize. And in, in, again, what are we doing here? We're not creating BTUs, so an element water heater, what are we really doing? We're arcing two wires underneath water. People are always say, you know, well, how, how could I get any more efficient? You can't actually get any more efficient with an element water heater. They're all 93, 94, 95% efficient. So what again am I doing? I'm arcing a wire underwater. I'm not getting any loss. 
it's going into the cold water mm -hmm. permanently. So really, my, my loss is my thermal loss, my standby loss. Yep. So for all intents and purposes, you're almost 100% transfer with an element water heater. When you get into a hybrid, we're sizing and designing that it's going to recover using a heat pump that's now not 19 amps. It's going to operate off of 2.3 or so amps. And what is it doing? It's just taking heat from one spot and transferring it to another. We're not creating BTUs anymore. So as we take that free latent heat and transfer it across into hot water, what we want to do is store as much of that for a later use because we don't ever want to run under duress. The big thing that it still amazes me to this day, whether it's residential or commercial, there's a, a, a scientific kind of percentage that we all know as, as manufacturer reps of water heaters is the bulk draw capacity of an electric water heater. It should be burned into anyone's mind that's a plumber. Electric water heaters have a bulk draw capacity. If they're standing satisfied, they have a 70% draw capacity. Okay, so take a 50-gallon heat pump water heater. If it's satisfied, my draw without any recovery coming into play is 37 gallons. Mm -hmm. Everyone always forgets, I bought a 50-gallon water heater. I have 50 gallons of hot water. Well, what's it doing while you're drawing hot water? You're kicking cold water into it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have that blend at the end, the tailing, that takes that 13 extra gallons of water away because it's blended with cold water. So, you know, the biggest no-no with electric water heaters, if you're coming into new installations or crosses, you really got to be careful of bulk draw. How much water could they use in one hour or realistically in one draw sitting? Uh, we have to be careful of that. Um, the other thing with heat pumps that people... You know, they think they're mysterious and we kind of all make just our own heat pumps per se. We're actually, at, we all adhere to guidelines from the EPA. Mm -hmm. Again, the EPA runs Energy Star. They get together and have a panel with manufacturers. Sometimes not. They'll throw it out pie in the sky. Is this possible? And we'll say, no, it's not as a factory. But they'll have a panel. They sit down. This is the threshold we want to hit. Do you think you can hit it? Yes. Okay, go develop that product, and they develop kind of a code of efficiency based on what we can all possibly make and bring to market. Um, sometimes, especially lately, those have been kind of higher echelons to hit, um, but we're hitting them so far. So where else has it gone to? You know, the neat thing with heat pump water heaters when we came out, I, I never thought we'd get to the point this soon that we were digitally controlling mm -hmm. them. You know, that forced us to really get our minds around digitally controlling not only heat pump water heaters, but element water heaters. And then when you bring in logic controls or digital logics like that, it allows us to do other things. Solenoid valve shutoffs, leak detection. You, you already have a board there and you have a, a display. And now, you know, for minimal money, we can add accessory features to it that really kind of also led to why we, we had to replace the water heater, right? It leaked. So we're going towards what's called the AL hybrid, anti-leak hybrid. So what it'll also do, it comes free of charge, our, our higher-end model, is it'll come with leak detection. And that leak detection, it's a sick joke if you're getting an email that your, your tank's leaking <laughs> as an accessory, you know? I always kind of, I kind of laugh that we sell it as an accessory because we, we give you leak detection free of charge, but that's, it'd be mean. I'm at work an hour and a half away and it's leaking. It says in the emails, you know, yep. I, there's nothing I can do. So, 
you know, a no-brainer was to add a solenoid that's already pre-wired. There's no wiring, no plug in the wall. It actually plugs into the side mullocks of our board and is powered and controlled by our water heater. So all you're doing is piping it in, where a lot of these accessories, you got to find a wall or a plug, transfer it over there. It's not talking to the water heater per se and communicating that way. A lot of them just beep. Um, we're throwing these functions in that cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars almost for free with this newest model. So um, It is incredible. And one thing, too, you talked about piping it in. Something that when I've been going through and learning this both from you and on the State Water Heater website is the flexible design, as it's worded by state, of these heat pump water heaters. And little to no clearance needed and where their ideal use is. That, to me, is what makes it so that these heat pump water heaters, these hybrids, are the best option, no matter what you're selling. You should yep. be looking at selling this and trying to sell people on this because you can put it anywhere. And that's not the case in so many other applications. And on top of that, you can put it anywhere. And these are the quietest operating water heaters on the market these hybrid heat pump water heaters. So there, you know, and when you say that if I'm obviously I'm the field tech guy, so I'm always careful with, I, I have to see these people not just once, but year after year after year. Right. And when we did, you know, what you hit on just there is, is a true point. When we initially launched this product to the industry, we were the, the kind of the, the people that came to market with it and it wasn't new. I mean, these, these were out in the early 80s, back in our, our last oil crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I still see them, compressor on a pallet, old tank next to it. The technology was around back then. It just wasn't a manufactured process that was feasible for the long haul. Um, the reality behind it, though, is that these are, are capable of saving you over 300% over your standard element water heaters. Crazy. And it, it's true. But it's only if you install them correctly. So sizing, you know, is is important. Like I said, a a 50-gallon heat pump water heater, right? The algorithm, the way it goes, and no one knows this per se, you have a 70% draw capacity. You have 37 gallons of usable water. The elements turn on by federal code at 66% draw. Okay, and there's also a differential test that needs to be done. But for ease of, of kind of, you know, visualizing it, we can turn them on by then. You're a foregone conclusion almost by then, mm-hmm. right? You're almost out of hot water. Yep. The reality is, you, you know, people sizing, um, and it's amazing too, how do I size a water heater? Well, I'll, I'll say in majority of, re- you know, replacement water heaters are in homes that have 2.5 gallon shower heads. I'll say, well, in the Northeast to a plumber, how much of that is hot water? Do you know the general general blend mix in New England, because this is a colder market in the winter, how much do you think hot water is mixing through that mixing valve of your shower to feel comfortable? They're like, God, I don't know. It, it, it's a shame. Right. <laughs> you know, when, and I, I don't let the room sit silent for too long, but the, real, the rule is around 1.7 to 1.75 gallons a minute is hot water. Yep. So it's almost three quarters of the, of the water coming out of your shower head is hot water. And then it's blended with just slightly a little bit of cold. Um, so you have to understand, you take a 10-minute shower at 1.7 gallons, that's 17 gallons. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, it's a longer shower, but 
easy math, two 10 minute showers, you're now over the consumption of a full satisfied 50 gallon heat pump water heater. Crazy. And you're guaranteed you're running in duress. So kind of a lot of the black eye to the market is we've also led to what's easier or what's the norm. We think we're taking an old 50 electric out. We should put a 50 heat pump in. The math doesn't prove that true unless you're a couple that has a little space in between showers. Or, you know, and here's the other curve that we've all kind of come to market with is there a heat pump water here should not be installed out, not in hybrid. It should always be in hybrid mode. It should always be pinned to its highest temperature. So 150, 155. You get an, ad, an advantage out of that too. You're above Legionella's and quite a few other bacteria at that point that die at 138. Yep. And then you use a mixing valve. If you do that and you do that on, uh, say, a 50 gallon, you go up to 155 and you mix down to 125, you're adding about 14 gallons of usable hot water because it's being blended down so much. You've now changed that 37-gallon tank into a 61, you know, around there, uh, or I'm sorry, a 51, actual 51-gallon tank. Now, now you can take two showers and not have it go into rest. So the trick there is to make sure that you install all heat pump water heaters also at their highest temperature with a mixing valve. That's in our mind has now become the norm to the point where we're coming out with another uh, model. It's, it's pre-launched right now. We're going to come out with a unit that's called a, an AL Max that has a mixing valve already pre-installed, which some other manufacturers are already starting to look at doing. And this is why we're different here, folks, right? Like I know we're I know we're well into this and we're talking a lot of different things. We're throwing a lot at you, but the knowledge that Chris is giving you here, please make sure you're going back and listening to this and having your salespeople and your office staff because. This type of information is stuff that's going to set you apart from your competition because you know, hey, I need to pin that to 155. I need to put in the mixing valve. That's how we're going to get the most out of it. If you can go into a home and say that to the homeowner and hit them with, well, you're going to be able to get longer, a longer draw of hot water without going into duress. You're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to do that. This is how you're going to sell these water heaters. And we're going to talk more, especially on these DC pump water heaters. Again, they're, they're incredible up in this area. But we we would be remiss if we didn't talk tankless water heaters as well because that is, you know, those are kind of the, the, the real hot topic in, in this world. Up in this area, kind of when people think water heater and they think replacement, they instantly go to that. Not It's not a bad thought, but we also want to make sure that we're educating you on the line of of these tanklesses as well and we have a couple different versions that we have here at sg taurus tankless wise here, here's the thing there's an application for tankless okay in my mind where tankless is going is it, it's going to be a growing market and for the the simple reason is going to be cost initially okay so you start getting into our 50 gallon or more so like our 75 gallon power power vent and power direct vent, more so power direct vent units, mm -hmm. they've become costly. They're heavy. Uh, the shipping costs have, are, are, there's more material in them. They're almost, or they're not almost, they are more expensive than a single tankless unit. Tankless, the double-edged sword to that is, we need larger gas lines, yep. right? We're, we're producing sight on scene. Um, we have, uh, the other thing is pressure loss. Number one issue with, mm -hmm. with uh, tankless, 
that no one talks about, especially tankless guys, um, is pressure loss. A tank has head, has zero head loss. Right? We're going through an open open vessel. There's no restriction. We're not pushing it through fins or heat exchangers or anything that way. So there's no head loss. Um, if you're in a house that has um, 40 pound pressure, right? Not great. And someone doesn't even ask or look, which happens so often with tankless. I can't tell you, oh, I have a great product. We'll throw this tankless in. It's It'll take a tighter spot or a smaller footprint and whatnot. They put it in and they had 40 pounds pressure and that tankless um, they put in loses 15 pounds pressure. Uh-oh. Whoa. <laughs> not good. And that that would be marginal. The, the crazy thing is not, not almost anyone knows what the, the tankless that they're putting in. They do not know the head loss. And there's some out there that I and I, we won't we never name names or anything nope. that way. But you would be absolutely blown away if you actually found out what their head loss is. It would turn you off to the point where you, you wouldn't put it in anymore. For nominal reasons, say 15 pounds, and that's like middle of the road. Now you're, you're at, you know, 25-pound pressure on the hot side. You're at, a, not, you're at a trickle of a shower, not a full-blown yeah. shower that's touching the back wall of your yes. shower. That's a common in the on the homeowner level. You know, I never run out of hot water with a new tankless, but I used to notice the hot water bouncing off the back of the shower wall. It doesn't anymore. And, you know, then it, it, it dawns on people, wow, oh my gosh, the pressure level has decreased. Mm -hmm. So that, um, we need larger gas lines. We, we have pressure loss that we want to watch. Um, and then the other thing is sediment. It's probably the number one issue with tankless. So, and they'll say, well, I have city water. Okay, well... How old are your city water lines out in front of your house? Don't know. How often do they flush your hydrants? Don't know. On and on and on. Yep. I get water main break. What do you think rolls in while they're digging dirt with the pipe with a hole? Dirt. Hmm. Um, so any material gets into those tankless. Nuisance is, is a crazy on the sediment side. You should have a sediment filter on your whole house anyways. You have more solenoid filter, solenoids. Or, or small vessel cartridges in faucets now than ever, you sh every house should have a sediment filter. You're saving all of your appliances, including your water heater, to be honest with you. Um, and that, that goes for city water or well water. Well water, no brainer. I can't tell you how many houses I still go into and I don't see any, any sediment, uh, charcoal or sediment in their house. It, it, should be a, it shouldn't even be a question. That's a, a, another, if you're going to love tankless or like tankless at all, sediment filtration. So gas, sediment filtration, and then scale. We're the only guys out there. Uh, we have X3 technology. We have actually designed scale prevention into our tankless now. Which is you awesome. You never need to be scaled. So, you know, for single family homes, is it a, that big of a deal? I don't know. Who wants a plumber coming back every two years, descaling their house for, for 500 bucks? That's now a new, another incurred cost into the lifespan of that water heater versus I used to have a tank water heater. The guy didn't come for eight years except to replace it. Mm -hmm. So uh, scale, us, us having that now, never needing to descale it or think of these large multifamilies. They go through an apartment dwelling. They have 450 apartments in the off season. They use them as aquatherm systems and they need to descale every single apartment. They spend hundreds of hours every single season because they're using them heavily year round. The, it, it's hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of service. So 
Um, stay tuned. We'll, we'll get into that in depth. We have a new ADAPT tankless. Hits all those bells and whistles. We're the first manufacturer, tank manufacturer, now to produce, manufacture, and design our own tankless. Uh, and it just launched uh, at ASHRAE or at AHR two weeks ago. And we are talking that the last week of this month, we are having a full podcast feature on yep. it. We're going to yep. tell you everything you need to know about it. So hold on to your hats. Again, we just took you through the whole product line. This was a lot to take in, but that's <laughs> why folks like Chris, your branch managers and branch staff, your territory managers, and all the folks at state and at URL are here to help. If you're new to this game, it's a lot to learn. That's why we're doing all these podcasts. Take this in chunks, right? Take this in a five, 10 minute chunk where we go through each one, listen to it, or just listen to the same thing over and over. Eventually it's going to sink in. But if you have questions, reach out, use the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. If you use that, it's going to come directly to us on social media, right? We'll get it into the hands of whether it be Chris or one of our internal folks or Angelo, or if we need to go directly to state and go to the factory, we can do that. But this is your education, right? You're getting a crash course right now and we're going to continue to walk through it. I know this was a lot taken. I know that you're probably your head spinning a little bit, but one of the most important ones in my mind was this one and the podcast tomorrow, our Taurus tech talk, where we are going to go through venting principles because you got to be able to understand this to be able to properly put in an application process of getting these water heaters into homes and doing correctly and doing what we talked about, giving your homeowner that you're selling this to the proper hot water draw, the proper water heater for their home and for whatever they need. You're going to have happier customers. So make sure you go through this one, make sure you're hitting that alarm so that at 6 a.m. tomorrow, you're going to get the next one on venting principles. Chris is going to be back with us for that. We can't thank Chris enough. He is giving us so much information. There are so many little nuggets of information in here that you can give to your sales team that are just going to set you above your competition. And that's part of why we love working with Chris, love working with URL. Thanks to him again. And thank you to everyone out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Again, set those alerts up every Wednesday and Thursday this month. We're talking state water heaters and plenty more to come after that as well. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Again, ask your questions with the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. And as always, catch our podcast on our website or our mobile app. I want to thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow here on Taurus Tech.